0: This is Denise Nostrom, CEO and founder of Diversified Financial Solutions. Now more than ever, investment advice is needed. Not just where best to invest your money, but why. Are you investing for your future retirement? Are you retired and looking to maximize your income? Are you maximizing your income and concerned with leaving money for your loved ones? Are you investing for your retirement at the same time saving for your children's education and at the same time saving to buy another home? Are the markets in line with your goals? Are your goals ever changing? Please contact me at 631-758-8691. That's 631. 17588691 or visit us at diversifiedfinancial.biz. For over 25 years, I have been helping individuals, families, and business owners navigate through all market conditions with only one goal in mind: my clients. Visit me at diversifiedfinancial.biz or call Denise Nostrom, founder of Diversified Financial Solutions at 631-758-8691. That's 631-758-8691 for a conversation about my most important client, you. Hello, and thank you for tuning in and spending some time with me today. You are listening to the Financial Chick Show, and I am the Financial Chick. My name is Denise Snowstrom, the CEO and owner of Diversified Financial Solutions, a full service, independent financial planning firm located in Medford. Your financial chick is here to help you make better financial decisions and choices to improve your life and reduce your anxiety and stress about money. If you want to know more about me and my firm, you can check out my website at FinancialChickshow.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at diverse. Financial solutions. So, like our pages to get updates and see what is happening. If you've missed a show or you want to listen to a show already aired, you can always go to the media tab and listen to all prior shows. The topics are listed for your convenience. So, today, um, really the biggest concern for most Americans is the rising costs of goods and services, which is also called inflation. I'm sure you haven't heard that word lately, right? So, we can't run and you can't hide. Um, inflation is blowing out people's budgets and making people really stressed so today we have the guy who is on the cutting edge of this thing called inflation i'd like to welcome back to the show michael ashton the inflation guy so mike how you doing
1: i'm i'm doing great and uh, i'm I'm glad to be back. Thanks for having me back.
0: Well, I thank you for coming back. and uh, So, yeah, you were on the show in May, and, you know, boy, have things changed, and inflation has moved up pretty quickly since the last time we were together. Um, Last time, we talked about the fact that most people alive today have not really lived through a period of extreme inflation. Um, The last time we had real inflation was back in the 70s, right? So I guess that you have a pretty good idea now what inflation means, but... I guess what people are really confused about is how the heck did this all start or like how did this happen? You know, we haven't had it in years but now it's really bad. So what caused it?
1: Yeah, I am starting to think cuz you said maybe this isn't transitory. I mean, <laughs> you think? <laughs> maybe it might maybe maybe we can't use that word. Um you know, it, it's um what's been interesting about this and and I say interesting in the same sense that, you know, watching a watching a an eighteen car pileup is interesting. It's also horrifying.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but what's been interesting is that is that what has been driving inflation has been gradually evolving, and and it's been sort of getting it's been going to worse and worse, um, worse and worse signals. So you know we started out uh, with kind of core goods, and uh, and that's the reason that the Fed said transitory was that, oh, yeah, you know, it's used cars, and, and used car prices will go up at the mm-hmm. down. And and so there was, you know, it was a plausible argument, um, except for the fact that we know that the reason that everybody was buying used cars is they had tons and tons of money that would, was airdropped to them through the CARES Act and the Federal Reserve buying up lots of bonds to finance the CARES Act. And so it wasn't really a supply-side thing. It was a demand-side thing.
0: Right. So there was those but stimulus but then, checks that everybody got, Right.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and 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 paid for by the Fed buying, you know, so the, the government issues bonds to pay for those those right. checks, and uh, and then the Fed buys those bonds, so that effectively the money was printed to go and send send you all that money, right? And so and so, you know, the thought was, well, once the stimulus kind of stops, then then you know that'll stop, and once you know these supply chains clear up, then that'll stop. Uh, but then, the next thing that sort of happened is is we handed it off to rents um you know we've had this eviction moratorium and that held rents down for a mm-hmm. while and then once that went away, then rents started popping up, and home prices started skyrocketing, all the same kinds of reasons mm-hmm. but that's not as that that's worse because you know that's something that moves slowly it doesn't come back very quickly but then then it got handed off to something which is probably the worst yet. And that's uh, we've seen this in the last several months. The the real driver right now of inflation is core services X rents. And to put it simply, that's like every every service where you know somebody's earning wages just about. So if you think about the restaurant, mm-hmm. food away from home we would say in the CPI, you know, that's classic. And and so what's happened is that we've had inflation has gone on long enough that it's no longer a spike it's getting recycled into people needing to get higher wages it's being recycled into social security next year going up 8.7 percent yeah and and union agreements and things like that and so those things cycle back in so if you wanted to see a wage price spiral that's where that's where you look, and that's what we've started to see. And that's bad news, because that's, that means inflation is much more likely to hang around and have some momentum than than to just sort of vanish as quickly as it came.
0: Right, right. So we kind of saw the Fed, you know, again, talking, like you said, transitory last year, that, that really it wasn't happening, whether they didn't think it was going to happen or they were – Whatever they were trying to do at that point. Um, but they realized this year, like, holy, you know, this is really serious. And then they started to increase rates. Uh, and they've, they've done it pretty quickly and pretty heavily. Now, um, how does that play into the whole inflation gig, I guess?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, it, it's actually sort of sad because it's not the right answer. So, interesting. We, we, yeah. We think of two things uh, in monetary policy there's the price of money, and that's interest rates. And there's the quantity of money. And those used to be connected. It used to be that the way the Fed moved at the price of money, interest rates, was that it changed how much money it had put out there and uh, by restricting the quantity of reserves that banks had to make loans with. Mm-hmm. It stopped doing that a couple of decades ago or a decade and a half ago. And so now the Fed just sets interest rates and then separately uh, affects the quantity of money with reserves and doesn't have a, a whole lot of impact on that and so the the reason that matters is that when you hike interest rates you know you you affect the growth of the economy um you you, you know you you can cause a recession and in fact you will cause a re- they will cause a recession um with higher interest rates and uh but that that's a growth thing it affects growth it doesn't affect prices
2: right. prices
1: are affected by the quantity of money. And so hiking rates without restraining the quantity of money doesn't really—that's not going to bring down inflation by itself. Um, we can have a recession, all you know, like in the '70s. We had recessions, but we didn't have deflation. We had faster inflation, and and uh, that's because the quantity of money wasn't being managed properly. And so that's kind of where we are right now. It, hmm. the, the Fed is at least understands there's a problem, but they're applying the wrong medicine.
0: And what's interesting, too, is that they're increasing rates, whether they think this is the the remedy or not, so, so quickly that basically is damaging a lot of things. I mean, the bond market's a disaster. Um, Housing now with mortgage rates close to, you know, 7% at this point. Um, you know, the stock market has been knocked around. So, you know, they're doing this and they're not really giving it measured time to say, all right, we've done it a couple of times. Let's see how this works out. They're going to continue to do it again in November and December from what they're talking about. So
1: I think that's exactly right. And I think that you'd like them at some point. You know, I I do think they're probably getting to the point where they want to stop and take a look around, but that's probably closer to 5% in, in the short rate instead of where we are today. So a couple more tightenings. Yeah. But um, but but you're right. I mean, it takes time to see what happens. And of course, you know what I believe is going to happen is once they stop and take a look around, they'll see that economic growth is is really suffering. But if inflation isn't coming down aggressively, and uh, and then then they're going to scratch their heads and they're not going to have know what to do because to the man with a with a hammer, everything looks like a nail, and they're <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, so I mean, I guess really, then what what do they do? Well, let's kind of well before we even go to what we can do, right? Um, you know, we talked about like recession, and you know, tip the typical definition was two quarters of uh, you know negative GDP, which we've had, and they seem to have changed the definition on that. So that's been an interesting thing too. Yeah,
1: uh, you know, I mean, I I, I hate to say it, I'm I'm rarely sympathetic with the with the Biden administration, but I'm at least a little sympathetic with their with their complaint that hey come on man it's not just two consecutive quarters usually we look at industrial production a lot sure. of other stuff and and so I'm sympathetic we you know this recession that we're that we're in by that definition doesn't really feel that bad third quarter growth is going to be positive uh, but but I think next year there's not going to be any debate because the, we're going to have a recession that feels traditional and you know unemployment's going to go up and and uh, all those all those other things will happen so I'm a little sympathetic but I You know,
0: not too much, though, right?
1: (laughs) It's just it's it's a timing question, right? It's like you know, um, they don't really there's not a they don't have a lot of places to hide.
0: Well, we've got we're running into the break, so hold that thought. This is the Financial Chick. You're listening to the Financial Chick Show. Stay tuned. More with the Inflation Guy, Michael Ashton. Welcome back. This is Denise Snowstrom, the financial chick. My company is in Medford, and you can reach me at 631-758-8691 or visit my website at financialchickshow.com. I'm here to help you on your financial journey. Over the years, things change, and I'm here to help you navigate all those changes. Well, one of the big changes that we're seeing right now, of course, is... uh, the high cost of goods and services also called inflation. So I am delighted today to have with me the inflation guy, Michael Ashton. So, Michael, we were talking a little bit before the break about how this whole thing happened. Like we haven't had inflation since the 70s, but it's back and it's it, it's it's bearing its ugly head. So um so we're talking before about the break too that um, you know, maybe these interest rate hikes that the Fed is doing may not be the remedy to cure. The common cold <laughs> I guess you yeah, could say
1: right, yeah, no that's right. I think that the the right answer is that the, the Fed needs to shrink its balance sheet so the, of course the the real right answer was they should have never grown it the, the way they did mm-hmm. um, for as long as they did, but but now the right remedy is to shrink the balance sheet, and that's that is starting to happen at the margin very, very, very slowly and and so that part of what they're doing is is right, but they could have done that without ever hiking interest rates you know, the way they have. They could have just let the balance sheet slowly run off like they're doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and that has other consequences for the financial markets. It de- decreases liquidity for assets and helps bring asset prices down. Um, so, so you know, it's not all exactly, it's not sunshine and roses, but it's, it's uh, it at least will help you solve the actual problem with prices.
0: Right. So why do you think, though, that they... they... Went that way with regard, regard to raising interest rates instead of another. Like, what propelled them? I don't even know if you know the answer, but what what would propel them to do it that way as opposed to just you know with the with the uh, weaning off of the bond purchasing?
1: Yeah. Well, look. I mean, I, I think that the, the Federal Reserve used to believe that money was very important, and that's the way they conducted monetary policy. Interestingly, not called interest rate policy; it's called monetary policy. Mm-hmm. They affect they affected money, but they stopped doing that. And they—they they have, uh, you know, the operating theory at the Fed is that it's interest rates that matter, and that and that you restrain inflation by restraining growth. And and unfortunately, there's just not lots of data to suggest that in the long run. But if you look over just the last twenty something years, when inflation barely moved, you can persuade yourself that there is sort of a connection. It just. You know, there may be a a small connection when you're talking about inflation at two or two and a half, but that 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 goes away when you're talking about inflation going from two to eight. Two Mm -hmm. to eight isn't caused by an expansion. Two to eight is caused by too much money. Two to two and a half might be caused by an expansion. Right. Um, And so I think that they might be applying a remedy that would be effective for a a uh, you know a, a small cold. (laughs) <laughs> um, and, you know, and not one that's put you in the hospital. And, gotcha. um, and so, and, and so I think that's part of the problem is they don't, you know, causing causing a recession uh, might move the needle a little bit, but the you know they haven't had to move the needle in a big way in a while, and they've forgotten how to do it.
0: Right, right. So we we talked a little bit about uh, to higher wages. Now, how does that kind of uh, move into everything? Because that's not yeah. Like the the way everything played out, that's not usually what occurs.
1: Yeah, normally what happens is, um, and I'm I'm always skeptical about the whole, uh, just the term wage price spiral is always a little little weird to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, you always hear about, you know, wage cost push inflation with the idea that, you know, wages going up is what causes inflation to happen in in, in some cases. And it doesn't work that way. Inflation always moves first. And then you know the, they they're they're nice enough to give us raises. Right. The raises came before inflation. We'd all love inflation, but inflation comes before raises. But the problem is that you, it's a feedback loop, and and you don't have that feedback loop when you're talking about used cars. Used cars prices go up because we have way too much money, but that eventually you know fixes itself because the government isn't doesn't keep sending us that money.
2: Right.
1: But but when you're talking about you know, food away from home. You know, restaurant prices. Uh, you know, go up. Uh, they start to pay people more because they can't get the wait staff, and so they start having to pay people more. And once yeah. they've started having pay people more, now they have to keep their prices higher. And so that does feed into sort of a, does create a feedback loop. That means that it's 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 much harder to go and break that cycle, and uh, without breaking things in a big way.
2: And I think it's
0: probably on the other side too. You know, the price of goods and services—you know—they're not going to come down so quickly either. Um, you know, we've heard of shrinklation. so you know, we, we, you, your uh, pint of or yeah, your pint of ice cream is not really a pint anymore. <laughs> you know, everything's gotten smaller, but the prices have gotten larger. So, you know, it, it's just going to be interesting to see how we play well, through, through all of this.
1: And, and you know what else, Denise is? I think that there's there's a big messaging problem. The government has, and and they 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 talk about inflation coming back down, and they and the average person hears that and thinks, oh, that means prices are Mm going to.
2: Government's
1: telling me prices are going to go back to where they were. That's never going to happen. That's Prices are never going to go back down because the amount of money is forty percent higher. We're not going to have prices where they were, but and they're going to get mad when the government when inflation goes back to 4 and the government says see inflation is better and the average person on the street says but my prices are still 40% higher than they were what do you mean no they haven't gone back so i think <laughs> the confusion between the price level and inflation and and the messaging from uh, politicians is is very bad uh, for them that they they're not they're not communicating what the what the actual problem is they're talking past the voters
0: Right. Well, that's always a disconnect because, you know, we're going to the fuel station, putting gas in our car, we're going to the supermarket, and we see what the prices are. And they're telling us, no, it's not a problem. It's not bad. (laughs) But it is bad, you know. So yeah, it's it's really what you have to what you can believe or you don't believe. Um, So you know, I think we're pretty assured that we're going into a recession. Now, I guess, what does that mean? Overall? Um, it it it's I guess it's not a detriment to the market, so to speak. I mean, because the market's pretty much baked in most of the bad stuff. But what it's gonna what is it gonna do to the average consumer being in a recession?
1: You know, it, 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 uh, on the asset side, I think one of the things we have to keep in mind is that when you're in a higher inflationary environment, stocks and bonds are no longer hedging each other. They don't. Mm-hmm. They're, they become correlated. they yep. so They move. They move together. And so. And so. You know what you used to think was a, a, a less risky portfolio of stocks and bonds is no longer necessarily that much less risky. In higher inflationary environments, they tend to move together more, and so I think that's that's something that we as investors really need to keep in mind: is you you need to spread, you need to, you need more baskets to put your eggs in um, than than just kind of a bunch in stocks and the rest in bonds and call it a day. Um, you know, obviously from the from the consumer side. Um, you know, inflation isn't a isn't a steady thing. It affects the prices of, of some goods and services more than others, and and so it's going to change consumption patterns. And and um, you know, it it you might keep your house a little bit cooler this uh this mm-hmm. than you used to because the price of gas is going to be a lot higher. So, um, you know, and that's that's it. Just takes a while to shake out and see see where those prices are, and 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 it means that you will have the biggest change to your pattern of consumption uh, that that you've had in the last 25 years. There's going to be some big relative price changes, the likes of which we haven't seen in many, many, many years.
0: Yeah, that's very true. And you see that happening already with people. You know, I've, I've yeah. talked to clients like, Oh, I had seven items at the supermarket and I said, oh, I saw the price. I'm like, I'm gonna put four of them back, <laughs> you know, which is which is sad. You know, it doesn't we don't wanna kinda live like that. But um but I guess one of the things we'll always leave on good news, right? The good news is that you're saying that we're pretty much probably at the peak of inflation. Um, but maybe it's gonna stick around for a while.
1: Yeah, say? so I think that I think we're close to the peak in the inflation rate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, that doesn't mean prices are going to come down. Right. The, infl- the rate of increase will go down, but but it's not. You know, Wall Street will tell you, and and so will any politician, who, and and the Fed will tell you that in twenty twenty three we're going to be back. You know, at the end of the year, around two, two and a half, three percent inflation. And I'm here to tell you, that's not going to happen that fast. That we're you know next year we're going to have something like high fours, low five. Um, and 2024, depending on what happens with the Fed and some other things, we're still going to be in the fours. And and it's going to take a few years to kind of get, at least a few years,
2: mm-hmm.
1: to get back, you know, inflation much below four percent. I think we we're, I think we we've had a very we had a very lucky quarter century, and we're in for a more normal quarter century where we have to we have to be a lot more aggressive if we want to have nice, low, stable inflation. And I think it'll take the Fed a long time to realize that.
0: Yeah. Well, we've come to the end of the show, but this was an amazing show and I think very insightful for many people. So I thank you so much, Mike, the inflation guy. And everybody have a great weekend and we'll see you next Friday.
1: Advisory services offered through Blackridge Asset Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Securities are offered through Peak Brokerage Services, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Blackridge Asset Management and Diversified Financial Solutions are separate and independent entities from Peak Brokerage Services.